Well, do you know what a fanatic is? I have a definition for you. It's someone who writes the joy of books. You know, the joy of running, the joy of cooking, the joy of sourdough bread making. I'm going to write that one soon. Um, the joy of diversity, the joy of water boiling. Literally, there is a book out there, The Joy of Water Boiling. I was astounded. It's someone who has found something so profound about the world that they can't wait to share it with you, to tell you about it, to have you experience the same experience they had as their bread rises or their water boils. I got another question for you. Do you know what an earworm is? Yeah, if you nod your head, I'll try not to give you one, but I've had one this week thanks to Dan Kamek. Unfortunately, Tammy's not here to convey to him what he has done to me. I've had an earworm all week. I won't sing it for you because that's something you couldn't unhear and I don't want you to experience that. But it was, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And then there's some laughing that goes with it and he gives me living water and I thirst no more and then you go back to the joy of the Lord is my strength. So anyway, today I want to ask you two questions and have you answer them. The first one is, do you find joy in the Lord in your life as something to share with others? I.e., will you write the joy of the Lord book for me? And two, does the joy of the Lord form an earworm for your life? Do you find God's joy wherever you go in whatever situation you have? Can you share that with us today? Well, let's start with a, a verse. Um, hopefully it'll show up back up here. Yeah, Nehemiah 8, 9, and 10. That's where the, the only place I found the joy of the Lord is our strength or is your strength comes from. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some of to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to open our hearts. Open us to the awareness of the joy you have given us, to the joy that surrounds us, to the joy that we can have regardless of the situations in our lives. May we find that joy and then share it with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Briefly, uh, the Jews had just returned from Babylonian exile. So the Babylonians had invaded the countries of Judea and what we call the Middle East these days and taken them off to Babylon as a way to try to acculturate them, to make them forget who they were. And then when the Persians took control, Persians under Cyrus allowed them to return to Jerusalem. And so when they got back to Jerusalem, they found in the temple an old scroll, and that scroll was what we considered the Old Testament. As they read through it, they realized how unworthy they were, how far they had fallen from the way that God wanted them to work, and that's what was causing them to feel grief and sorrow. 
And that's when Nehemiah made a rather interesting thing. He said, hey, this isn't a time for weeping and sadness. This is a time for joy. The Lord has brought us back to the land. He has redeemed us. He has brought us together again. So have a feast. Experience the joy and the strength that that gives you. In a way, it reminds me of Jesus' parable of the lost sheep, you know, where the shepherd goes out and finds the one that was lost. I've always worried about the 99. But he found joy when he found the lost one. I want to talk then about what is Christian joy. It's really an important theme in the scripture. I never realized that until the earworm hit me and I knew that's what I was preaching on that it's a key theme. Over 400 times the word joy or rejoice or similar words like gladness show up in scripture. Must compete with love. I didn't go out and see how many times terms of love show up, but they gotta be close. As a matter of fact, the joy of the spirit or the gifts of the spirit, first one's love, second one's joy. Didn't realize that. My last sermon was on love, now I'm on joy. If you ask me again, I'm coming back for peace, guys. So anyway, it is a key theme. As a matter of fact, uh, one theologian, uh, Mark Schmetzert, said that joy is far from being a peripheral uh, or a sub-theme in Scripture. It is the heartbeat of God. In the New Testament, it is infused with joy from the birth of Jesus, which we just celebrated as Phil was talking about the joy of the wise men as they found the Christ child, the joy of the shepherds, Mary's joy, Jesus' joy. All the way through the book of Revelation, the joy of the saints is found. Now, this is not a joy of just um, passing happiness or contentment. It's more of a joy of being a choice that we make and a gift from God to us. It's a choice because it's found in our life in God. Paul says in Thessalonians 5, 16 and 8 through 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we're supposed to rejoice always. But it's also a gift from God. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul says, Pray the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So I'm going to try to do the impossible or the ineffable. I'm going to try to give a working definition of joy. Joy is a certainty as well as an experience. Okay, it's not easily defined, but there's a supernatural experience involved in joy. It's an experience of awe, a recognition that all will be well. Maybe the experience of a child held by a parent. We, we had up there for the song service, the, the hands of a, hands holding a child. And think of that parent holding that child and the joy that that brings. I mean, uh, I hurt my back the other day simply because I was trying to hold my niece And she was 18 months old, and I found joy in the experience, the joy in that thought. Well, there's an experience of us knowing that God loves us, 
that God cares for us, that God holds us in his hands. Bill Gaither has a song, or Bill Gaither, excuse me, about how sweet it is to hold a newborn baby. And that whole song, if you go through it, I didn't write the lyrics out, basically talks about the joy God has in us and that we can share that joy with him. It's a confidence, a certainty, an unexplainable experience of wellness that's not dependent on circumstance. Another characteristic of it is that it is addictive, hopefully, that once you have found that experience in God, once you've experienced God holding you, once you've realized that God has been with you, that uh, from my last sermon, that during that hard time, he carried you through that period whether you realized it or not, that you have experienced the joy of the Lord. Uh, C.S. Lewis tried to explain this uh, concept in his book, Surprised by Joy. We'll come back to that in a few minutes as well. Beauty and its fruit, joy, are an unsatisfied desire which is itself more desirable than any other satisfaction. I call it joy, which is here a technical term and must sharply be sharply distinguished from both happiness and from pleasure. Joy, in my sense, has indeed one characteristic and only one in common with them, the fact that anyone who has experienced it will want it again. I doubt whether anyone who has tasted joy, it, would ever, if both were in his power, exchange all the pleasures of the world for the one. But then joy is never in our power, and pleasure often is. Joy was contagious in the early church. In Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47, so after the day of Pentecost. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. As I mentioned earlier, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. But the fruits of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5.22, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Unlike love in that list, joy doesn't have an object. We don't joy someone. We experience it. We hold it. Uh, That was an insight that Linda gave me, that love is outward and joy is inward. And then we didn't really go through all the rest of the gifts to figure out which ones move out and which ones move in. Joy characterized the life of Jesus. The angels announced his birth as great news. He was joyful, so joyful in his ministry, his public ministry, that his enemies called him a drunkard or a glutton. He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. His parables often describe joy. Those who lost sheep, those who lost coins, those whose sons returned from self-imposed exile. In Jesus, uh, he even had joy as he endured the suffering of the cross, according to Hebrews 12, too. One website summed it all up as, Jesus was a man of deep, habitual joy. And it is this very joy that he now invites us to experience. Paul had extreme joy in his life. We can't really call Paul a successful missionary in worldly terms. 
as he describes in First or Second Corinthians chapter eleven twenty two through twenty eight. He's been beaten, he's been imprisoned, he's been often near death, he's been stoned, he's been shipwrecked, he's been in peril from robbers, from his own countrymen, from heathens, from false brothers. He could not find safety in the city, he could not find safety in the wilderness, he could not find safety on ships. Man, this is a bad life. He was often weary, he was often pained, he was often thirsty, he was cold, and he was naked. Yet, despite all that, Paul still calls us to rejoice. Remember 1 Thessalonians 15, 16, and 18? He said what? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He uh, often refers to himself as being full of sorrow, yet rejoicing, 2 Corinthians 6, 10. And in 2 Corinthians 7, 4, in all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. From a worldly point of view, this is not reasonable. But from a Christian point of view, from a point of view that has experienced the love of God and the love of Christ, who has that background of God's joy in us and can pay attention to that, can bring our awareness to that then we can understand Paul's experience that even though he's afflicted, he finds joy. The early church also was filled with joy of the Holy Spirit. That's from Acts 15, uh, 13, verse 52. C.S. Lewis, in his conversion story, surprised by joy, talks about finding joy in God, that he was a reluctant convert, but he could no longer deny the fact that Behind the stories that were in Scripture, there was truth. And if he accepted that truth, then he had to accept joy. And that's when he came kicking and screaming into the heaven, or into the kingdom of God. So now I want to turn and talk about how to foster this joy. One of my favorite verses of all time. If I were asked in the Colbert quiz, what scripture would I repeat over and over again if I had only one scripture I could repeat? This is it. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Recognize God's joy as his gift to you and to all of us together. Think about the times when you've had mountaintop experiences with God, experiences that were too wonderful. Words could not express how you felt at that time that you met the Lord in private, when in your time of need, he was there. In the um, finding of his love, in the finding of his care. Think about everyday experiences where you can find God being conscious of his joy in you because of his love for you and your love for him.
joy is not only uh, encouraged by recognizing it, it's also encouraged and nourished by reading, studying, recognizing, uh, meditation and prayer. On the night before Jesus' death, he was gathered with his disciples, and in John 15, 11, he says, These things I spoke to you, that you, my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And that's what God wants for us, is that our joy be full. Now, we, we started with those people who couldn't help themselves and wrote books about the joy of cooking or water boiling or running. Have we found that kind of joy in our lives? Joy is an indescribable experience of God, given to us by God. It is a mark of a Christian, an earworm of our experience with God, I would say, both as individuals and as a community. During open worship here, I would like you to share what would you write in your book, The Joy of the Lord? What has the joy in the Lord meant for your life? 